Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider. Where we're smashing up cinema, one movie at a time. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema? On this episode of Cinema Super Collider, we're going to take a look at the 1978 holiday special, the Star Wars holiday special. The holiday special to end all holiday specials. Well, I mean, it's certainly one of the more notorious holiday specials. It's an infamous holiday special. It is. This one aired on, I think the only time it aired was November 17th, 1978. That's right. And... If you are interested in seeing it in its entirety, there are many videos of it on YouTube. Just look for the one that's the high quality, all ads included one. I like the one with the ads in it. It, it breaks it up nicely and uh, it's neat to see what old television ads were like. How They're similar to ads today, but different. True. And there also was a, a huge push by Kenner which is the company that made all of the Star Wars toys to merchandise the hell out of this holiday special. And a lot of times when Eric and I watch these TV shows and sometimes with movies too, we often ask the question, who was this made for? And the answer to who was this made for is people who wanted to make money. Yeah, I, I think it was made for kids. It had mostly kids ads on it, except for some sexy pantyhose ads. And I, I disagree. <laughs> the, the the look for the union label ads from the... Well, garment. that definitely wasn't for kids and either. And the GM ads for, for cars. And the ads yeah, were not for children. Yeah, that's true, too. If it was it, for children, they would have been nonstop toy ads, just like they used to run on Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Well, it was for kids and their parents. I guess... I, how, yeah, I mean, Star Wars, the film was, it was PG, rated PG when it first came out. Because of violence, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There was no PG-13 at that time. No, no, no. It certainly wasn't an R-rated movie. No, it was PG. I think it was PG because of the violence in it. Yeah. And it was enjoyed by families across America. Probably a little bit. The times were a little bit more uh, uh, conservative, sort of socially. So maybe younger kids, like six and seven-year-old kids, maybe didn't get to see Star Wars as much as you would get today back in the 1970s. Look, neither Eric nor I are Star Wars scholars. We have friends that are. Our friend Scott, who I know is listening right now. Hello, Scott. Scott is, is a Star Wars scholar. He knows all the stuff. You know, we are not those people. However, we were alive during this period of time. And, you know, as a child, my favorite toys to play with were my Star Wars stuff. I loved it. I had the Death Star playset. I had uh, the Millennium Falcon. I had a whole... Oh, you had the Millennium Falcon, too. Oh, yeah. I did. It, 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 was, oh, okay. it was super cool. It had, like, a little panel where you could hide, like, the people could hide oh, under it. Oh, yeah? It had the little... Um, 
I forget what the name of the 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 chess game is, but the little chess holographic chess game oh, yeah, that yeah. was in it. The one that was done by Mad God. What was that guy? Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett. Yeah. You're, if you're interested in more information about Phil Tippett, please reference our Mad God episode. Phil Tippett. Yes. Genius. Yes. Madman. Also made the little creatures that were on the chessboard. And was one of the cantina guys, right? Right. He did a lot of different stuff. He did a th- bunch th- of stuff. This special came out between Star Wars and Star Wars episode, but it became Star Wars episode five. Right. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. I think Empire Strikes Back was what, 79? No, that was 80. 80. Okay. Yeah. Seven, okay. So 78 was Star Wars. Right. 80 was empire and i think Mm -hmm. 83 was jedi yeah something like that and i distinctly remember watching jedi in the movie theaters as a little kid which honestly of the three movies is the one that's mostly for little kids because it's all ewoks yeah i remember seeing that it's all it's all merchandising tiny toys for for children's yeah yes um except they had different music back then what the Ewoks, the original. Well, see, this is the thing. The Star Wars changed over the years when George Lucas went back and altered. Well, he re- things yeah, that he were remastered everything, right. and then he added things. It's like so. what they did to ET, where instead of having like the government agents hold guns, now they hold yeah. flashlights. Yeah. Well, in Jedi, at the end, the Ewoks played a song that was called Yub Yub Nub or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And in the re-release of them, they have like this kind of like. Uh, new agey sort of weird music that plays which is like well it's, look it's not something that ewoks could have played they they really reskinned the ewoks uh because i think originally they were like little tiny cannibalistic monster creatures and then children yeah. love them and they're like well can we re- can we really right. have the ewoks eating everything right yeah they were gonna eat uh han solo right wasn't it him hanging on the thing well like oh yeah they're gonna roast me alive or something something like that and yeah. then they make c-3po their god yeah that's right mm-hmm. and the ewoks didn't blink but then on the reskinned version the ewoks blink now something like again not a star wars scholar one thing that they didn't change was the star wars holiday special no george lucas and his company tried to to make sure that this never saw the light of day. They actively tried to forget it. Because it is a, it's a, it's terrible. It's an affront to everything Star Wars. It is like the, the, the freckled, misshapen stepchild of the Star Wars franchise. And it, no amount of redoing it could have fixed it. No, because again, when you ask the question, who was this made for? Why was this made? It was made to make money. Now, at the time, I don't think any of the actors, I don't think anybody really understood exactly what like any just an existing and and everlasting fandom that Star Wars was going to be. Nobody guessed. Nobody guessed. None of them. These and, were the first this was the first era of the blockbuster film. True. Literally because people would line up down the block. The first one was Jaws. I was going to say I think like a couple years before that. Jaws was the first big summer blockbuster. Right. And then this came out, but there were no such things before. There were big big movies sure. people would wait in line to go see like but There was the, not the phenomena that no. is that is a, a Jaws or a Star Wars or a Yeah, anything today. Marvel movies, anything. Well, maybe not Marvel movies so much right now, but Marvel movies 10 Originally, years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, so, hmm, how to get it? So, okay. So, first off, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put this out there because look, there are Star Wars fans. 
that embrace this holiday special, that love it for particular reasons. There are certain things in it that are very special to Star Wars folks. I believe this is the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yes. Yes, it is. And so, you know, that's a very important thing for the Star Wars fans. Uh, It certainly was the first appearance of Chewie's extended family, which is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, it, it... if, if you are a completionist, if you are a Star Wars completionist, this is also the, the creation of the holiday Life Day, because we can't get your Christianity in our Star Wars. It is not a peanut butter and chocolate scenario. It was a wise choice to keep Christianity or any sort of like Earth religion, Existing out, religion. Of, uh, out of the Star Wars world. But is I wonder, is this considered canon? I think it has to be some parts of it considered canon, right? It, I mean, it has to if, if you know, like Boba Fett is considered like this is his first appearance and stuff right. like that. Then, yeah, I do believe some of this is canon. Right. Did B. Arthur operate a cantina, though, on, on Tatooine, on Tatooine uh, in canon? I don't know. Yeah. See, now, here... This here, is where our... In, our, our here, is, here is also the question where the question of who was this for kind of, like, splinters into many fractures of, of lines of thought. If this was for children, they would have aimed a lot of stuff at the cute stuff in Star Wars, right? The cuddly things, you know, the little creatures, the Jim Henson stuff. And it would have people in it that children would be excited to see. However, Mm -hmm. you know, like any holiday special or, you know, TV summer spectacular from the 70s, you get a lot of weird stuff. Because it's, I kind of almost feel like the the networks are like, who's here? Who's hanging around? Who can we pull in to do a thing on the the Who's He What's It special today? Sonny and Cher, cool. Let's get Sonny and Cher to come on down. Uh, you know, Eric Estrada, great. We'll put Chips guy on there. Right, right. These are all like children would recognize these people. Right. What about Art Carney? Art Carney. Well, the parents would recognize him from being, you know, in The Honeymooners. Sure. He was Ralph Cramden. Not Ralph Cramden. He was uh, Norton. He was Norton. Ed Norton. Norton. Ed Norton. Yeah. In The Honeymooners. Right. Sure. An ancient TV show that children would not be probably familiar with in the late 70s. Well, I don't know. That, that came on at reruns a lot. Did it? Back in those days. Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe. So we had Art Carney. We've got... Uh, B. Arthur, who was mod during this period of time, who was on sitcoms. It was a huge, huge show. Yeah. Sure, sure. Right. So I'll give you mod. Right. And also, uh, the Carol Burnett show was the, like the number one variety show on television for a long time. And right. But did we get Carol Burnett? No. We Who'd... got one of one of Carol Burnett's regulars, though, Harvey Corman. Sure, sure. Who okay. was a funny guy. So B. Arthur, Art Carney, <laughs> Harvey Corman. Right. And then we have uh, Diane Carroll. Sure. She was on, I think she was in a TV series or something, but I know she was a Broadway singer. I think she was mostly just a pop singer or or probably a disco singer at that period of time. Yeah. And then we had Jefferson Starship, not Jefferson Airplane. No. Or Starship. Right. But Jefferson Jefferson Starship, Starship. (laughs) which is some sort of a hovercraft, I believe. (laughs) Somewhere in between there. I mean, maybe, you know, I didn't even think about it, but maybe they asked them to be on the Star Wars holiday special because Starship was in their name. Probably because, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't even think of that. It just dawned on me. I was just thinking that, you know, they were just, it was a band that was kind of hard, 
up for attention because for they're well their their lead singer Grace Slick had left the band and the band took a kind of religious turn to be like a Christian rock band at this time. Because you know what kids love during their holiday specials. Well, you know, you get a certain amount of Christian music you gotta you gotta deal with at Christmas time. But the song they sang wasn't explicitly Christian. It was sort of like Debbie Boone. Uh, with her hit song you light up my life you know it was like a sounds like a love song but she was really singing about christ Uh. you know you you light up my life you give me hope to carry on you light up my days and fill my nights with hope or something like that and it was about her god not her boyfriend jebus right and so i think you know when jeff when star when when jefferson starship Mm -hmm. (laughs) confusing myself look they went through many names yes when jefferson starship appeared on this show and saying will you light the sky on fire will you take me higher than the diamonds in the sky they were singing about jesus of course you know yes but we don't it's like the same thing as like debbie boone they didn't put his name in there you don't want to like you know mention jc by name that's a little well and you don't you can't put it in your holiday special about life day no okay so what what is <laughs> was das Star Wars holiday special? Well, um, okay. So in between all of these sort of bits, songs, experiences, the the story of the holiday special is that Chewbacca is trying to get home to his home world of in in this particular instance it is not uh, Kashyyyk it is well in this crawl it says Kashyyyk but they don't say that on the show they say Kazook I think you're getting the riff tracks crawl oh possibly yeah I don't be. believe that there was a crawl like you were thinking that they are in the oh, actual thing it just yeah. said when when the sh- when the show starts it just says in a galaxy far away I've seen the riff tracks version of this and this special more than i've seen any of the actual episodes of the star wars franchise which you know that just goes to tell you something about yeah, eric's it watching habits it really does yeah mm-hmm. yeah eric's seen twilight more than he's ever seen star wars yeah if you if you don't count riff tracks no but well, if no, you count I, the riff still, tracks you're yeah. still watching the property i, oh, I yeah. still count it oh yeah yeah i mean i still yeah i still know the the mostly the characters and the story and all of the beats you know here and there and mm-hmm. oh, remarkable and all that God, michael sheehan anyway uh okay so chewie is he's trying to get back home onto the home planet which would soon later on become known as kashik but is not known as that in this particular holiday special because they had not thought that far ahead to, to celebrate Life Day with his family, which consists of his wife, Mala, his son, Lumpy, and his father-in-law, the grandpa. It's yeah. hard to say. It seems like Mala is Itchy's daughter from the way that they yeah, act in the I show. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, like Chewie's father-in-law. Yeah. Sure. Itchy. He's kind of decrepit. Yeah, he is actually itchy. He, yes. It, so, so, that's their names. Mala. Okay, sure. Could be an alien name. Lumpy. What the fuck? Well, I mean, maybe he has like an actual Wookiee name, like or something like that, but it translates to English as Lumpy. Yeah, Chewbacca, that's a Wookiee name. Do you think that that's like... Well, I mean, there maybe there's no English equivalent. Maybe Chewbacca means, you know, like... Lumpy? Well, it could mean like... Hairy? Wind, like, like wind off of the lake of Baca, you know, or something, you know, I don't know. Baca Wind Lake or something. Okay, so so that's the, the, our conflict is got to get home in time for Life Day, and the most the sort of through line of it is his family 
is in their treehouse in not Kashyyyk, but whatever the hell it was called in Kazook. this. Kazook, sure. Close enough. They're in their treehouse, and the Imperial Army has decided that there's too many rebel agents and rogue entities in the region, and they are going to be searching for these rebels to, you know, to Star Wars them, basically. Right. Yeah, Chewie and Han are on the Millennium Falcon. They're really just in, like, desk chairs. And yes, with a curtain like, behind yeah, the them. Behind them. They just zoom in really tight on yeah. uh, Harrison yeah, so Ford. There's a few blinky lights in there somewhere. But oh, sure. I, I mean, they were probably look, from, like, they took some adding the Battlestar machines. Galactica TV show. They just sort of shoved them in the back. So there, there is one point in time where Princess Leia appears to be using an actual accounting adding machine to do something while, she, while Carrie Fisher is actually just fucked up on acid. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't really, they didn't really put a lot of effort into the, no. uh, the set dressing. Right. And then Luke is with R2-D2, uh, like repairing Somewhere. his X-wing. Yes. He's wearing lots of eye makeup. He is. And I believe that this is Mark Hamill post the car accident that he had been in. Yeah, his face got fucked up, right? So he had some surgery on his face. He doesn't look 100% the same the way that he looked in the movie. Right. Well, in Empire, you see like his face is all messed up because he got hit in the head with a wampa. But that's not really why his, the actor's face was fucked up. It's because Mark Hamill got into a was it a, a car accident or a motorcycle it was, accident? It was some kind of vehicular accident. Some sort of fast-moving vehicle and his face collided with something yes at a, at a high rate of speed you know after actors got to learn not to get into fast vehicles because their faces will especially be. when pretty boy is like what your thing is i mean well, that's what he kind of was for i mean or just like being a good actor because i mean gary Busey was in a motorcycle accident and he was not the same post accident he was a very talented actor and he was a perfectly functional actor for most of his career but he was he was getting nominated for Oscars at one point, and then he was doing Under Siege with Steven Seagal at no. another point. Yeah. No. Um, so there you go. Uh, also, uh, didn't uh, uh, what's his face from Fast and Furious die in a car accident? I think oh, he did. Yeah. Paul, yeah, Paul uh, Walker. Paul Walker, right? Mm-hmm. Also known from the movie Tammy and the T Rex. Tammy and the T Rex, also another movie that's. Uh, based well it's not based on anything is it no, no. it's it's not it's, it's just another based bad on, movie it's based on paleontology yeah robotic yeah. paleontology loosely based loosely based loosely on, a, based. on a true story yes this <laughs> is based on a true story based on a true story a guy died once and uh, somebody tried <laughs> somebody to make a robot it. dinosaur at one time <laughs> and they tried to put them together yeah so this was during what what one might call like the silver age of of uh, TV specials. Like we okay, like the golden age of uh, Christmas specials is probably like the fifties and the sixties, and we've done some of those. We, like, we the, have, you know, like we did the Judy Garland special, Judy Garland special, the Carpenters Christmas christmas yeah hard christmas Christ- it was yeah. it was something like that right and then this was in like this was like in the era like right before ronald reagan in the pre high level of cocaine days but in the in the level of like uh acid and weed days of of california i and, think it uh, is i think it is perfectly reasonable to think that everyone involved in this project was so fucking high they were high on dope and alcohol and whatever whatever their choice was but they had you know i've said this a million times so if you've watched if you listen to the show but 
there were just a few stations on television at that time. And there was only a certain amount of entertainment that they had to fill up the hours of TV that they had to produce. And I think this was CBS Mm -hmm. had two hours on a night. I think it was a Saturday night. Yeah, it preempted both Wonder Woman and The Incredible Hulk. That might have been a Friday then. I think I remember The Incredible Hulk being on on Fridays. I don't remember when things were on. I remember watching some of those shows. I remember The Incredible Hulk vaguely, but I was really little at the time. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. I remember Wonder Woman too. But yeah, this 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 uh well they were re- they were showing reruns of The Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman at this time of year, no doubt. Probably. So instead of showing a rerun of The Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman, they had some brand new entertainment that they wanted to bring out to the people, which would advertise toys and would bring in a lot of viewers, you know, for advertising dollars, right? Because Star Wars was this gigantic hit. And they were pushing out all of the toys because Christmas was just around the corner. Right. Wanted to, I mean, the, the special starts off with a rather lengthy advertisement from Kenner about all the stuff you could buy. Right. X-Wing Fighter, TIE Fighter. The Hovercraft. The Hovercraft. Mm-hmm. I had that one, yeah. Death Star playset. You had that. I didn't. I did. Yeah. I had the X-Wing. It had I didn't the, have a TIE Fighter, though. It had the first round of action figures, which would later get a little bit nicer, like... Yeah. Detailed. If I co- recall correctly, I think you would push down on R2-D2's head and that would make the, the X-Wing fighter go from like flat wing to like attack pose. I didn't have that one. Yeah, I think that's what how it worked. No. I, I had it. I don't really remember the details. Yeah, I had I had a lot of cool Star Wars stuff. Not from the like first generation of the Kenner things, but like I had some stuff that I'm kind of mad that I think my parents sort of didn't take care of very well while I was in college. Because I had, the, like I said, I had the Millennium Falcon and they kept it out in the garage in Florida. And so it got yeah. hit with humidity and all the stickers came off of it. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of sucked. I had a probably the coolest and rarest thing that I had, which I'm a little bit like I wish I still had it was I had a magic eight ball that was a Yoda. Oh, which was pretty neat. That is pretty neat. Yeah, I had that and <laughs> clouded I, your future is. I have often told the story on the Jank cast, but uh, my mom desperately wanted me to be like a girly girl to play with like Barbie dolls and stuff, but we didn't get Barbie because she was like kind of sexist. We had Cindy, Cindy dolls. And one of the things that they got me one year, I think maybe for Christmas, I don't remember, was a like Cindy dream house. It wasn't the Barbie dream house, but it was a Cindy dream house. And it was like three or four stories and it had an elevator that you could pull up and down with a little pull string. And I never played with it until one day when I was playing with my, my Death Star playset, I was like, oh my gosh, all of the, the characters could live in the Barbie dream house, Cindy dream house, sorry. And it's got an elevator for troop transport. This is perfect. This is amazing. And so I I just remember the look on my mom's face when she sort of came down into the basement, which is where like all my play stuff was. And I'm happily playing with this like four story dream house. 
And she's like, oh, perfect. She's finally playing with dolls. And then she noticed it was just like covered with stormtroopers and like stormtroopers are still dolls. Bounty hunters and all the all the characters. They were all in the dream house. They called them action figures to like. They were action figures. Yeah, because boys didn't want to play with dolls. So you had to call them something else. But they were dolls. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, kids want to play pretend, and they were pretend figures. Mm-hmm. What and and so one of the things that they did back in this this silver age, I will say, of TV uh, specials was they'd scrape together whatever stars they had on contract in their like stable. You know, this CBS had uh, what was it, <laughs> Flying High, and had uh, uh, Alice, and had All in the Family, mm-hmm. and had the Carol Burnett Show. Could you and, imagine Archie Bunker in the Star Wars Holiday oh Special? My God. Yeah, he might have been in that itchy suit. Could oh be. Yeah. Could have been Carol O'Connor in Oh there. my God, poor Carol O'Connor. Right. So they would they'd put all of the stuff together they'd write a few songs they'd have like a few variety you know they have like jugglers or something like that come out and then you know sammy davis jr might come on sing a song and then you know they'll do like uh uh, it's christmas on roller skates bit and then they'll take you to a craft commercial and you know this was a thing that they did at that time when it was just it was when you were supposed to like gather the family up it's like watching the the peanuts uh christmas special right but i mean it wasn't as well thought out as the peanuts christmas no, special no no of course not or, nor did it have very good music in it like no that. no although the, you know the uh, the b arthur music is kind of okay i will I, look when we get to the point where i can talk about b arthur segment on this thing you will know where all of my my feelings are about this special yeah but this was you know this was a time when you would like you, you, you had to watch what was on tv there was obviously nothing on demand there was no cable there was no nothing oh yeah you just you looked, just you looked in the newspaper and it or said, your tv guide or your tv guide and mm-hmm. it said on tonight the star wars holiday special and you went wow mom dad let's watch the star wars holiday special and they were like yeah sure we'll have another drink and you can watch that if you want sure and so this came on and some of us saw it i don't know that i saw it when it first came out i'd like to think that i did i was uh, three so i did yeah, not see no it. i was i was that would that would have made me that was i wasn't 13 yet was i i guess yeah, i was you were wow uh so yeah so so i was 13 and uh you know prime age to to be into to that consume kind of thing. this sort of yeah. thing sure yeah but i mean even then by 13 it was a little bit it was a little bit much <laughs> you know but yeah, so they they but they, there was not a lot of thought put into it. No, because look, it was the, just using IP. You know, movie, they wouldn't use that terminology in those days. But the movie had come out in the summer, and this aired in November. They probably, and I'm sure, again, if you're a Star Wars scholar, you probably know all of the nitty gritty bullshits about this thing. But they had not a lot of time to plan this, and it was basically just, can we get you know, can we get Mark? and Carrie and Harrison to come back and pretend to be... Actually, they got all of the the main character actors because they got uh, Anthony... Um, Daniels. Daniels mm-hmm. for C-3PO. He's in like a bit. They did not get Alec Guinness because he hated Star Wars. He hated Star Wars. And, you know, he's an old crotchety British guy. So we just let him do his thing. Uh, but they did get um, the guy who actually played Chewbacca, uh, Mayhew, Peter Mayhew. To come back yeah, and do this that. This was as well. actually more than a year 
after because Star Wars came out in 1977. Oh, for some reason I thought it came out in 78. No, no. Oh, okay. So this this is a year and a half after Star Wars came out. When the year Star Wars came out was the year that you couldn't even get figures for the Star Wars because uh, okay. Kenner was going to make these action figures of Star and you Wars got coupons. Stuff. And you got it. Yeah, if you were lucky, you'd get a coupon, and like you give that to your kids on Christmas, and it's like, oh, here's an IOU. Here's an IOU for whenever they make these dolls it was mm-hmm. like uh, uh like a patreon or like a what do you do kickstarter. that with? kickstarter sure. it was like the earliest kickstarter for star <laughs> wars stuff there is a really good documentary about kenner basically about the making of all the star wars toys and the making of kenner because it was kind of really the only thing that kenner ever made bank off of were the star wars toys but they were the legitimate star wars merchandise toy manufacturers it's a really good documentary i wish i knew the name of it but uh you can look it up you guys have the internet just you know yeah put it in you'll find it right it's cool well so so the whole chewbacca family is doing it's like a um like mime on their on oh their planet it's just music fucking god okay so the first 10 minutes of this thing the well the very first thing is is han solo and chewbacca in the millennium falcon trying to get home for life day so harrison ford is doing a lot of talking at a character that does not speak english and they're using clips from the original star wars movie kind of like interspersed in there yeah like oh look it's flying through the space and stuff yeah hooray uh but yes the first 10 minutes of this is just three actors in wookie suits making Wookiee noises at one another in this pantomime of hairiness mm-hmm. that's supposed to be like like a, a day in the life of Chewbacca family. Yeah, Lumpy's got a toy X-Wing and he's flying it around, holding it, and uh, Itchy's like cranky old grandpa and he's like, stop bothering me with this toy. And then Lumpy tries to eat a cookie and Mala says, no, you can't have cookies, you have to take out the garbage. And you know, he does, and then he like the, what, what you want to see in your exciting holiday special, right. and then and then Mala like uh, is like uh, gets in touch with Luke, like where's where's my husband at? And Luke's like, I'm wearing a lot of makeup, and I don't know where your husband's at, but I'm sure he'll be there. Mm-hmm. All right. In the meantime, Mala decides that she guess she needs to cook a bantha loin, and then she turns on the TV, and Harvey Corman is a lady with dark skin and four arms, and shows her how to make a bantha loin. Bantha- like, surprise bantha surprise mm-hmm. yes like a and it was like a bit that would have been on bozo's circus yes. you know like cookie and bozo and wizzo could have been out there and it's like whip stir whip stir whip whip stir and she said mala's like what whip whip stir stir whip pound beat beat stir whip bang, pound bang stir it's like yeah and it goes on and on and on nobody's laughing Mm-mm. i'm not laughing Mm-mm. you're not laughing I, the audience at home i i guess the people that made it i mean you know look i have seen this now several times i've seen this special i'm i'm gonna say five or six times and like the first couple times i saw it i was like god this thing's awful isn't it just precious and then like the next couple times i was like this thing is awful i mean can you believe they made this and then this last viewing i was kind of like i 
I feel like drained from the experience. Honestly, I'm kind of at that point too. I was really looking forward to doing this on the show because we haven't done this on the show. And right. this is like a classic bad movie thing to do. And we like to do a Christmas special. We love bad movies. We like the Christmas specials. We love the Christmas specials. Or, I'm sorry, holiday specials. Holiday specials. Chris- mm-hmm. Yeah, any kind. Of, we love specials. We like specials. You know, I wanted to see Eric Estrada's Rock and Rollers. What was it? What no, it, it wasn't Eric Estrada's yes. Rock and Rollers. It was, um, it was somebody else's Rock and Rollers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bobby Vinton's Rock Bobby Vinton's rock and roll. Bobby Vinton, a famous Polish American rock star singer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it had like Laverne and Shirley on roller skates. Right, Laverne and Shirley on roller skates. I mean, this is one of the commercials I ran during the holiday special. That's what I want to see on my ridiculous, uh, uh, you know, holiday themed. Star-studded, yeah. sp- spectacular. I, I want, want to see s- Julie from Flying High and a surprise layover. Yes, yes. I <laughs> for want the see- kids. I want to see the cast of three three companies singing a song together right. in mm-hmm. costumes that are stupid. Right. Yes, that's exactly I- what I, I want, want to see. see. That. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see Art Carney doing his shtick from like 1852. Do you want to see Patty Hose with a cotton panel? I mean, that was just something that was on sale during the 70s. Yeah, I guess. As a woman, I, I re- remember having to purchase those when yeah. I still was, was wearing pantyhose to do things like wear business casual and such. Yeah, you got to wear pantyhose. I, so, so you get real panties in your pantyhose with sheer indulgence. I know that one. Yeah, you just blow those things out. Like, just, you know yeah, what? They Pant- didn't last. Pantyhose sucked before they had technology making them better. You could literally take them out of the package and attempt to put them on and just like immediately they would run. They and didn't just blow have the out. Star Wars level technology as well. Of having saying. panties in the, in yeah. the actual thing? No, yeah, they no. did not. Yeah, so there's this. The, so this is like the first real wacky bit that happens is Mala tries to make some bantha surprise and she can't do it. Then Art Carney shows up at the door and gives Grandpa Itchy porn. A porn. <laughs> he gives him porn. porn, which is Diane Carroll singing. Uh, something's going to happen this minute. We need to do it this minute, otherwise. Something. It's Diane Carroll and her backup dancers who are dressed like sperm. Oh, right. She's got backup dancers dressed like sperm, and she's wearing a gown by Bob Mackie. By Bob, everything's by Bob Mackie. Everybody. Right. Uh, what about the dancing little beasts on the table that that Itchy looks or Lumpy looks at? So that apparently was some kind of a performance group because mm-hmm. they're credited in the in the end credits. They're like the Wazen or Wazoo Circus. Yeah. And it was just acrobats and well, jugglers remind, and reminds stuff. Reminds me of that uh, that thing that was in Vegas. What was that called? Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like really flamboyant people in colorful like body stockings, like with high heels, with and high heels, wiggling their butts and stuff. <laughs> it's really kind of suggestive. Mostly they were a lot were, of dance belts and bulges. There and, was a lot of just gymnastics on display. There were a lot of feathers, I think, and and like lots of blowing horns and striking poses. This is what entertainment is like, on, not Kashyyyk. <laughs> this is what little lumpy children is, is like, interested in. Little little lumpy uh, uh, Wookies are super into. Har- like, Harvey Corman and uh, weird and, circus acts. Yes, Bruce Valanche type like circus acts. So Bruce Valanche was one of the writers of this. Yes. Bruce Valanche being a comedy writer of note uh, from that particular period Heavy, of time. Heavy, flamboyant, very uh, like giant beard. 
He yes. Was, uh, yeah, he's very, uh, uh, you know, easily easily recognized sort of guy. It makes he, me and, wonder. And he made which, a lot of money. I don't know how or why. It makes me wonder which bits he wrote because I think he's. You think of him with like Paul Lind, yes, know, like <laughs> or you know Charles Nelson Riley or Bruce Valanche was very much a Hollywood Squares kind of character. Yes, I, he might have been on Hollywood Squares, not as famously as Paul Lind, but no, yeah, X gets the square. You know what? You know what would have made this special so much better? Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Yes, he would have been great. Right. Yep. Paul Lind would have been great. Any of those guys, you know, like uh, 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 we were talking about, like that prop comic with the big mustache, uh, Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor, yeah. Yeah, Rip Taylor would have been great on this. It's like he could have shown, like, like he could have been trying to sell the the uh, stuff to the stormtroopers, and he could have been looking through his box, like, oh, this, and pulling out all these crazy things, because Art Carney is trying to sell the stormtroopers something at some point, like a mini aquarium. Like, there's all kinds of... Just, there's like some sort Somebody of a device thought that, that peels and slices and and it's a grooming device oh it's a grooming yeah it's a grooming device yeah. sure and it's like the beard beard waxer or something you know it's like they found like an ancient cat skills comic that like had worked on the the sid caesar show back in the day and they were like you will write a, a show yeah for the children of the the current generation right and he was like i got shtick for you can we get our carney yeah yeah, like okay, Art Carney, you for the next five minutes, you're going to do your best shtick trying to sell things, and this guy's going to be playing a no nonsense uh, stormtrooper, and 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 you stormtrooper guy, you're going to be very grouchy toward him, and uh, Art Carney, you're going to be wacky. Go right, and I'm not going to talk about costuming too much in this particular show because most of it is just Harry Wookie suits, and what can you really say about Harry Wookie suits? However. They made a choice with Art Carney. Art Carney, who is most likely in his 70s I'm guessing. in this show. Yeah, he if, looked all of 70s on if, if not more. Right. Uh, they had him, they, they gave him the artistic costuming choice of wearing a white, like, like large lapel collared shirt that was unbuttoned all the way down to his navel. So you got a lot of a lot of great chest a hair, a lot of Art Carney chest, yeah, and the smuggler's vest, I suppose, yeah, yeah smuggler's vest. Just I would like have honestly, Han, I would have yeah. rather seen that on Han. Thanks, yeah. Well, Han had a smuggler's vest too. He did, Gotta but have his, a smuggler's vest, yeah, but his shirt was not opened all the way down to his crotch. No, and yeah, and and uh, uh, Art Carney like had uh, Grandpa Bod. You know, you've heard yeah. of Dad Bod. This Look, is Grandpa Bod. He deserved having Grandpa Bod. He was, he was a, a, at least a grandpa, if not a great grandpa. If not, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't fault him for it. It's yeah, just he had somebody, a big belly. I mean, you know. Somebody in the costume department was like, yes, my grandmother's going to lust after Art Carney in this in this particular show. I thought, he, I, I you know what, I will say one thing. I Now that you mention it, mm-hmm. I will say that, you know, aside from, well, the Wookiee suits were good, you know, top they were, level, the they were, hero Wookiee suits. They, they were, were as the, good a Wookiee suit as anyone needed a Wookiee suit to be. And I think the Stormtroopers looked I, they looked like real level stormtrooper I'm, costumes. Where? What else are you going to get those costumes? From? Yes, you I know? mean you know, you know, once again the glossy cod pieces, like and all that kind, of, everything like that, and sure. some of the generals and stuff had the appropriate hats. All and, the costuming, as far as like imperial stuff goes, totally fine, no complaints. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think that's okay. Uh, uh, then you know, then we have the famous cartoon segment. 
right? And this is sort of like like people who are actual Star Wars fans will say, like you said, like the first appearance of Boba Fett, great. Truth, truth. And they will say, well, this is the only good thing about the Star Wars holiday special was Not this cartoon. True. Not the cartoon true. was terrible. The cartoon is... It, the overly car- rendered. Everything looked rubbery. It did, but it had that... It, I, I actually kind of like the way that the artwork is in it. I mean, I'll champion it a little bit because it... Rem- I like the, the, the words, the language that looked like some version of like futuristic space kanji yeah. instead of English letters. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, all the details in it were fine. It has the, the like very vibe of the heavy metal animated movie, which is a very distinct animation style. Yeah. Um, Not PG, more of a... Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) No, I... I have seen that movie a number of times, usually not sober. Um, But, uh, yeah, I... The cartoon reminds me of that, and I'm perfectly happy with it because it's late '70s, and it had a look. It had, I, it had a point of view. It had a look to it, right? It had an art style that was very specific. Yeah, I, I liked the crazy. Uh, I like uh, the monsters that they yeah, had. Yeah, I thought the crazy ship that Luke was piloting. He had like a, a really bad version of C-3PO with weird side blinking eyes, but it was a cool ship, and it landed on like Jello. The planet was mm-hmm. like. A Jello planet, right? Which was k- kind of neat. And well, like, he was flying a Y wing. Was that a Y wing? Yeah. Oh, okay, it was a Y wing. It was a Y wing. All right. Well, that was cool. Oh yeah, and then like the Y wing, like the little front part dis- disengaged mm-hmm. and ran away from the monster. But then, then they run into Boba Fett, who's on another like dinosaur creature, and he's like, "Hello, friend. You're my friend, aren't you, my friend, friend?" So to and which they're like, "Well, he must be friendly because he's sounds a friend. like yeah, he sounds like he's a friend. Not, he he seems to want to help, and he says that he hates the Empire, so." Right. He clearly is not lying. Well, they keep seeing like on the on the view scope or something like like a, a Chewbacca is like in front of a cam- it's like on the webcam and in the back like Han Solo's hanging upside down like choking on his own blood or something and like you know like they're like oh you know Chewbacca went crazy and is killing Han Solo we must we need to go rescue him. Sure. Right. But it really turns out he has some sort of special virus where if you hang upside down, you don't die. Well, it it slows it because all the blood is in your head. Right. Right. Because that's science. Yeah. Well, yeah. The yeah. And then there's like some sort of cure. It's like you can buy it at the grocery store. It's like like a little injector or Mm -hmm. something like that. That's that's how it works, Eric. Sure. Yeah. And but then it turns out that Boba Fett is really working for Darth Vader, and he's not a friend. Friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chewbacca says, "Well, he's. I knew he wasn't a friend because he didn't smell good." And they're like, and then he like flies up the chimney. He like p- lays a finger aside of his nose. I mean, the Boba Fett does. And then he flies out. He's like, "We'll be seeing each other again soon, friend." Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yes, most of what happened was was in Eric's description. So we saw the, the iconic jetpack. We did. You know that exists. And um, his and uh, helmet, helmet. Yeah, the Mandalorian helmet. His armor. Yeah. He had like a gun that was like a little tuning fork. I don't know if he had that, that is, gun. That is, that is that the also? Boba Fett gun. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, again. Chewie had his, in the cartoon, had his laser crossbow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Was well, like he had it in the, the, no, he had it in the show too. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. He yes. definitely did. <laughs> he was going to murder someone and then Art Carney showed up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been really, it would have been a really sad life day if Chewie had just murdered Art Carney. And well, didn't did they just like push one guy like over the edge and yes. he like died yes he did yeah because yeah. you know when you live in a tree house right gravity can kill for you 
Right. And then we have a commercial for the trail tracker. And then we have a commercial for like uh, uh, GM, like with no, like no jive turkeys work in the GM uh, uh, plant. That's no jive. It's like a, God, commercials like we were get, bad. Yes. Products were bad. Then there was the glorious look for the union label. Uh-huh. There was from colony. The Illinois, what was it? It's the American Ladies Garment Workers Union. Yes. Which I still, I don't remember all the words to, but I, could, I can hum along to the song. No, no, no. It's a catchy song. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like, yeah, union anthems were really big. Kids love the union kids, anthems kids back Kids love in those a labor days. union, everybody. Yes. You know what? When like you're a tree that stands by the water, we will not be moved. Look, you know, there all full of like being being in rebellions and joining i, I saw joe hill last night so uh, like a, a union song about the you know i never died said he he starts the union joe hill i don't know yeah. this song don't buy us okay get with it you're not as old as i am i'm not as old <laughs> this is one of those moments eric where i look across the table at you and i'm like i am not yeah, that we, old we saw the woodstock movie together yes know, yes and joan baez sang the song about joe hill about that, unions. D- that doesn't mean that i would recognize it oh well i know who joan baez is but i couldn't tell you any of her songs yeah well joe joe hill was uh, a guy who was uh, killed by the the people who ran the the mill uh, but he he wanted them to unionize and, and all the his, kids just love the song right and that's why they love the union label the song. union label yeah mm-hmm. cool it's big in those days cool 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 so anyway, that's it's not important. So you have like the, these commercial breaks, kind of as a Hungry Jack Biscuits is one, like Moist Cake. Someone from Kansas, someone from Overland Park, Kansas. No, no, like, no, Shawnee Mission, Kansas. Shawnee Mission, Kansas. I mean, I grew up. Deborah in, from Shawnee Mission, Kansas. I grew has up in the Overland moistest Park, cake ever. Shawnee Mission is very nearby, and the school district I went to is Shawnee Mission School District. Yeah, so. they made a lot of cakes there. In they made Kansas. a lot of, of pudding included in the cake. Oh mix yeah, cakes. pudding in the cake mix. And None of this really, has anything. Really to to do with star wars though well you know what that's one of the things i like about the commercial included one is that it does break this up a little bit it does because these comedy bits that were i'm sort of like sketching here they go on they're not good they go on and on and they're not good there's another harvey corman comedy bit and i'm putting that in quotation marks because it's not funny nor is it really a bit it's just a guy in the editing suite that was doing like Video editing tricks. Right. This was like stuff that Frank Zappa was doing on Uncle Meat or on uh, 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 Two Hundred Motels, like with the like the video editing. It's like, yep. whoa, look at if I press this button, it goes backwards a second, and then I press it again, and it goes backwards a second. Basically, it's and then just, it's sort of like, well, look at this. It's like that boomerang app nowadays that you can put like on your instagrams and shit where it just loops the same thing over and over again yeah and then loops it back Mm -hmm. that was a whole comedy bit in this holiday special right with harvey corman and he was mugging at the camera and like like using a screwdriver on his chin sucking up his cheeks into his face and just doing like really weird clowning type stuff you're out there and you're thinking eric and megan you're making no sense what what is the story that's going on that's it that's the story well yeah so so this is this is the the well there is a backstory to that it's one of one of uh lumpy's christmas gifts i guess life it's day gift life Eric. day gifts yes. don't put your christ in Damn star it, wars I, i'm not doing that on purpose i swear to god don't do life it day gift and it's like build your own transmitter 
Yes, know? because and that's it's like he wants to get in touch with his dad and and Han Solo. That's what kids love. They love uh, they love really difficult electronics slash technology product. Oh, well, it was in a galaxy far, far away. I guess, you know? but still. Now I want to say this because we do get to see Lumpy's room a couple of times in the special. Once when he's in there trying to build this stupid fucking transmitter, and another time when the stormtroopers are like tossing the room. Lumpy has the best toy, and it's something that I would covet. Yeah, the FAO Schwartz Panther, you mean? Yes. Yeah. It's the best thing. It's so cute. And it's, it's like the size of a small dog. It's the size, yes, it's the size of a border collie. Yeah, yeah. It is, and it has the little horns, and it's just so cute, you want to hug it. Yeah. And really I neat. want one. I, I want one. I don't understand why Kenner was not like, you know, what we should also mass produce are these Bantha toys. Etsy's got them right now, I'm telling you. Well, Eric, <laughs> where's my Bantha toy? I don't know. I'm going to have to double check Find now. me Let's my see. Bantha Maybe toy. Maybe they don't have it. Somebody on Etsy, please make a Bantha toy so I buy it for Megan for Christmas. Now, sadly. Megan will have a, a happy Christmas finally. S- sadly, the saddest thing that happens in this is not that che- Chewbacca might not make it home for Life Day or that Lumpy watches porn, but it's that the Bantha toy gets its head ripped off by a stormtrooper, and I wanted to harm the stormtrooper. Yeah, that was really really pretty mean. That was not okay. Yeah. When they gave this guy directions on like, okay, just like toss the room and like destroy Mm -hmm. the toys and stuff because you're evil, the director should have known better. I f- yeah, I forgot to mention the part where Art Carney is trying to distract one of the officers by showing him the uh, uh, Jefferson Starship video about lighting the sky on fire. I mentioned yes. it, but the song is it's like a, a it's like a, a like a, what do you call it like bisexual lighting like neon sort of like pink like it's a pink, lot of pink and blue a lot of pink and blue and neon and, and and like sort of like a music video slash live performance and it goes on for like six and a half minutes look if that had just been just, a music video it would have been fine yeah but they keep yeah. cutting to had a cool guitar solo in it, I it think. they yeah. did yeah. yeah and i mean it looked like nigel what's his face from um Nigel Tufnell. No, no, no. It was uh, no. It looked like from, Harry Shearer. Yes, yeah, from, from uh, Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. Looked, yeah. You know, he was there. Derek Smalls. Derek Smalls was yeah, there. It's yeah. fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a Paul Kantner. I think is that guy's name. Now I do disagree with the microphone, but I'm sure that that was just like the hot microphone that they had at the time because it just looked. Oh yeah, the penis microphone. It looked like a dildo, guys. It was. It was a little unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm. it was. Yeah. Especially when you saw it, like in in uh, like when it's, silhouette. When it's and it's bright pink. And he's just yeah. like putting it right yeah. in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little weird. It's kind of bulbous. Yeah. <sighs> there's a li- there's a little porniness in this holiday special. Yeah. Y'all. Well, you know. So okay. Bruce Verlanche didn't notice. Of course not. He probably was like, no, 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 more, more. <laughs> okay. So we've gotten through so, the okay. Art Carney bits. We've gotten through the cartoon. We've gotten yeah, through two Harvey Corman bits. Two Harvey Corman bits and a Jefferson Starship song. There's only one important... Well, there's two important things left. Sure. One is a bit, and the other is the conclusion of the story of Life Day. Right. Right. Okay. Well, the bit involves the the cantina, the Star Wars cantina. Yes. It's the start... So, the the setup is that we're watching television, and what is going to be shown is a day in the life on Tatooine. Oh, by the way, this special is 98 minutes long. 
just so you know, just so the people who haven't seen this realize. It's a movie. This, yes, it is a movie. Yeah. It's and, longer than some movies we've done on the show. Right. And, and the, that's without the commercials. And the it. remainder of that time for that two hours is commercials. Yeah. So, so this is this is a real this is a long ass thing. It is long. This is not like like the Peanuts holiday special. That's like twenty eight minutes. Twenty eight minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Three songs, twenty eight yeah. minutes. Fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Get in, get is, out. This is ninety eight minutes without commercials. Oh, two yeah. hours with commercials. Oh yeah. It's, it's a lot. All right. So now but let's, do, let's do this. You. This is your favorite part. This is my favorite part. So because it encapsulates the spirit of a stupid television special about a thing that people want. Okay? So if you're a fan of Star Wars, you want to see the shit in Star Wars that people fucking like, right? And what's the thing that people are like, probably one of the things that was the coolest, that was the most exciting, not just for kids, but for adults. It was the cantina. You got music, you got a lot of weird aliens from Jim Henson Creature Shop, and, you know, you got this hive of scum and villainy, which is kind of cool and kind of like, you know, interesting. Forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend. And then so long, friend. And so the costumes were on point. Yes. And so it's like finally we get to like enjoy a Star Wars thing thoroughly. You actually even get to hear some of the Cantina um, music. Cantina music, yeah. And all of the little dudes from the Cantina band are there with their little oboes and their bassoons and stuff, right? And everybody's doing the cantina thing. Right. But what the kids really want to see is a sad, unrequited love story between Krellman, Harvey Corman is Krellborn. What is it? It doesn't even matter. He's got a hole in his head where drinks go. Akmina and Krellman. Yes. Yes. Because he he mistakes her being nice to him as a bartender as her being interested in him. And it breaks his heart. Poor Krellman. Yes. And he pours drinks in like this volcano hole in in his his head head hole yeah Mm. next time you're dry friend try stopping by friend if there's a light in the place all right so first off b arthur is our bartender she's looking amazing b arthur looks great in this thing I mean, it's a little unfortunate that she went gray so early because I don't think she's that old in this thing. No, I would say she's probably 35 or yeah. 40. Yeah, mid-30s, mm. early 40s. She looks great. And, you know, the whole shtick is the Empire is shutting everything down. They're on curfew. It's coronavirus all over again. Everybody's got to get out of all the businesses and go home. You have to go home, but you can't stay can't here. Can't stay here, right. right? So she's like, okay, everybody's got to go home. Everybody get the hell out. And, and, and of course, because it's a, it's a hive of scum and villainy, nobody moves. Nobody takes her seriously. And she's got this guy at the bar who's, like, trying to put the moves on her because her thing that she says to people as they pay up and leave is uh, something along the lines of, I'll see you next time. I'll be here waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. basically, he misconstrues it as, like, oh, she really is into me, and she's going to be waiting for me when I come back, so I'm going to bring her flowers and stuff. Which is, uh, it, it, whatever, it's, uh, I'm sure bartenders across the, the globe can sympathize with this because of the, the, the sort of parasocial relationship that they have with their customers. Da, 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 da. 
Um, and she's like, haven't I always paid for you when you wanted to? I've always given you a loan. How come you won't be nice to me? Right. Yeah, she's doing a little she's, bit yeah, of... She's kind of like doing like the Jewish mama kind of like shtick. the thing. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. A little bit of shtick? Fine. Totally fine. She's trying to get all these aliens to get the fuck out. Oh, and she's funny, too. She's funny. Yeah. B. Arthur is funny. She also reminds me of my friend Amanda, so yeah, <laughs> there's that, bit. too. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, anyhow, so she's like, okay, so we're going to we're gonna get all you guys out of here. Nobody wants to move. Fine. We'll do one last round, and then everybody's got to go home after that, and everybody cheers. So it's like, okay, and it'll be on me. The round will be on me. Everybody cheers. So she, she, she basically turns to the guys in the band and is like, hit it. And then she sings a song. Is it a Star Wars song? No, it's just basically like a, a holiday special kind of song, which is basically like, you know, uh, you guys are all my friends. Well, it's like a song from Cabaret. A little bit. It has a little Cabaret stink to it. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a little bit... It's the sort of refrain is... I was doing choreography for this whole song while we were watching this. It's true. My choreography was amazing. The refrain is basically like, everybody's got to go. We're all good friends. We're all, you know, we're best pals. I'm saying to you good night, but not goodbye. Yep. You're such a dear friend. You know I'm here, friend. Is that a dear friend? In your eye. Now it's good night, friend. Good night, friend. Good night, but not... And one by one, all the aliens start leaving the cantina, and she's cleaning up and putting the glasses away, and finally... It's like, we don't know if it's ever going to open again. This might be it. This is like, you know, like it's like the end of The Sound of Music, you know? The Nazis are coming in. <laughs> Right? Sure. I mean, that's the that's the imperium. That's uh, yeah. I know, mean, that's it's implied. The empire. Nazis yeah. are implied. Right. Uh, so so yeah. And it's and it's a short bit. It's less than five minutes long. It incorporates beloved things from the fandom. Uh, a catchy song that isn't uh, long or overwrought, uh, and some performers that are doing some shtick, but not unfunny, unappreciated uh, shtick. And then she gets the fuck out. It's the best part of the special. They could have probably taken it and put it in any any of a number of sketch comedy shows if they wanted to do a Star Wars bit, and everybody would have got it. Yeah. If they had done a whole show of this kind of stuff, it would have worked. I think that they they probably would have if they had bothered to think about it or if they had the talent on tap at that moment to do it. They did, I mean, though. they had access to the they did. costumes. They had access to all the stuff. They had access to at least performers who could handle stuff. And this is actual Star Wars lore that the Wookiees live on a planet, whether it's called Kazook or Kashyyyk or whatever. They live in tree houses on this yeah, forest. Yeah, no, no, no. Moon but we're, we're not talking about that shit. Yeah. We're talking about B. Arthur in the cantina right, right now. Right, right, right. We're, we're not talking about any of the other stuff. Yeah. All they needed to do was string together like 10 of those bits. 
Mm-hmm. And sure, you could have the the Wookiee treehouse bullshits through right. line. That's right. fine. Mm-hmm. But that would have made the special special. Yes. But instead, we had Jefferson Starship singing in right in singing bisexual a, yes, lighting. Yeah, singing a, a Christian rock song. Right, and and then the the whole thing wraps up because Lumpy has a plan. He's going to play a recording of uh, Imperial guy saying "Return to base." And like something like that, like and then all of the stormtroopers leave except one, and then he, he like he, he plummets they, to his death. He plummets to well, yeah. Chewie and Han show up and murder him and murder him. Yes, happy and, life day, everyone. And then they're all together for life day. And then there's a big song at the end which tells you it's your end of the show. Everybody's uh, happy and together and celebrating life, and it's sung by a very wasted Carrie Fisher. Yes. <laughs> about life day is number one you have like a little um a little bubble globe light up thing what is it we don't know it's just everybody has one can you get it at spencer's gifts probably yeah yeah number two you wear a red robe and that's mostly probably so that your chewbacca people don't have to wear their full chewbacca suits anymore oh man it was so sweaty god those things probably stink uh number three you teleport somewhere well you kind of like walk on this sort of like space like platform space thing space thing into a light they go into the light into the sun yes (laughs) you walk directly into into the sun Right, but but it's not the sun; it's a soundstage, and Carrie Fisher is there, and she's so wasted. Tonight I celebrate my love, or something like that. I mean, something yeah. like that, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then everybody kind of walks around and high fives, and that is Life Day. That's how you celebrate Life Day. Right, and then the it's it's over. Is there, there's like a little denouement there? I think. Right, it's yeah, the so. it's the the Chewy family yeah. sitting around a table having a seance. Right. In their robes. Right. With the little sparkle balls in the middle. Right. Holding hands. That's it. That's yeah, it. That's yeah. the whole thing. They're playing Cut cards. to credits. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's that's the left holiday day. special. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it so many times. Obviously, I like it. I have a fondness for it. I feel like the Star Wars holiday special is like Malort. And if you don't know what Malort is, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. It is a it is a liqueur. Yeah, it's, it's a, a bitter. It's a bitters, I would say, like it, a bitter liqueur. It tastes like burning tires. But if you're in here here in Chicago, it is a requirement that you at least have one shot of Malort at some point in your stay here. Yeah, it's kind of a new tradition among Chicagoans. Sure, fine. Yeah, yeah. But but this is Malort. The Star Wars Holiday Special is Malort. You have to watch it at least once so that you are then. You're you've been exposed to it, right? You have been experienced, and then you must make your friends have a shot also of the Star Wars holiday special. You have to, and I would also say if you are a Star Wars fan of any magnitude and you haven't seen the Star Wars holiday special, it's it's like a weird fever dream of your fandom that you should probably enjoy.
for listening to Cinema Super Collider. You can find us online at anchor.fm, but you can also subscribe to our podcast via any of the major podcast networks, including the Apple Store, Spotify, and others. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you again in the future. The copper bosses killed you, Joe. They shot you, Joe. Says I